I'm actually head of geography. And I also, in the secondary school, look after the uh, newly qualified teachers and the trainee teachers. So that's what I do in my job. And this week, as a special end-of-term treat, we also had Ofsted. <laughs> so that's what you need when you're like not totally done on your sermon for Sunday, and you think, don't worry, I'll have some time to do it in the week, and then Ofsted come. Um, so that's been my week. Uh, but I'm excited to talk to you, as Ellen said, the last in our series about frontline confidence. And uh, I'm talking today about courage. But I thought I'd start by telling you about a miracle that I've recently experienced. And the miracle started quite small. Uh, it started with a suitcase handle going down. And the suitcase handle had been stuck up all week. You know, sometimes they don't work that good, so it got stuck all week. And uh, I was at an airport at that moment. I was waiting with a young person, uh, one of the students that I'd taken on a school trip. And we'd been told that that young person would not be able to board the flight home. And I was waiting and praying, having asked the check-in desk if they could call the UK to try and get us on the flight. And uh, I was just waiting there, trying, hoping, praying that we might be able to board the plane. And the thought crossed my mind that if this suitcase handle did not go down, we would have to take the suitcase to oversized baggage, which in this airport is really far away. It would have been a long walk, and it might have meant, if we were able to board the flight, that we would have actually not made it to the gate on time because we'd have had to go on this long extra route to, uh, to take the case to oversized baggage. And so when the suitcase handle went down, even though we hadn't yet been told if we could board the flight or not, I had a little bit of hope in my heart. And I thought, maybe it's going to happen. And a few minutes later, the lady at the check-in desk did say, yes, you can get on the plane. And we flew home. We had to run through the airport, but we made it to the flight on time. And uh, when we got back uh, to the UK, when we landed, the, the young person's family said to me, thank you for your courage in being able to get the young person back. And uh, there's a few more miracles in that story, which I'd love to tell you if you want to hear it in more detail. Um, but that, that thank you for your courage is part of what made, got me thinking today. Our theme is courage. But at the time, when this was happening in the airport, I felt absolutely no courage at all. I was not feeling courageous. And her, her family thanking me for my courage seemed really wrong, actually. I was scared. I was nervous, and I kind of wanted the young person to go away so that I could have a little cry and she wouldn't see that happen. <laughs> uh, I didn't feel brave or courageous when I approached the desk and asked them to call again. And as I thought about today's sermon, this sort of got me thinking. Maybe being courageous isn't really a feeling. Maybe it is what you do. And actually, uh, I kind of realized I don't know if I'd understood what courage was. I thought courage and bravery meant like the same thing, so that courage was just another word for like being brave. But actually, they don't, they don't quite mean the same thing. There is a difference, quite an important difference, I think. Um, and uh, the kind of original meaning of, of bravery, the Oxford English Dictionary said like the original meaning, we don't really use it in quite this way now, but was the action of braving or acting the bravo, being daring, defiant or boasting, which is quite a different meaning, isn't it? And even today's different definition, which is a little bit different, but it has a similar kind of undertone, showing no fear of dangerous or difficult things, just kind of being fearless. Um, that's what being brave means. But courage doesn't mean that. It means something slightly different. I'd stuck them together as synonyms when they are not. 
And actually, um, the Bible, I looked up what the Bible has to say about bravery. And the word brave is in the Bible quite a lot of times, but it's mostly like describing warriors or describing people in battle. And God doesn't really say it apart from this one time in Amos where he says, uh, even the bravest warriors will flee naked on that day. Meanwhile, courage is used a lot more times, and it is spoken a lot of times by God or by other leaders, uh, mostly as a kind of instruction, really. Not, not quite an encouragement. It's like, it's like telling people, go and be courageous, like in Joshua, at the beginning of Joshua, where it says that a lot, be, be strong and courageous. Or um, God says to Paul uh, in Acts, take courage. Uh, you must also testify in Rome, as you have in Jerusalem. So this idea that it is like an instruction, And what courage means is the ability to control your fear in a dangerous or difficult situation. In other words, me feeling scared and nervous and wanting to cry is kind of a requirement to act courageous, right? If it's easy, then it doesn't require courage. I think there's lots of things that can help us to be more courageous, but at the end of the day, we do have to do that moment where we do something a bit scary. And what I'm going to do today is tell you about some situations, some kind of stories from my, my frontline place, which is my job in my, in my secondary school. Um, so the school that I work in is a Church of England school. Um, so that means that we have like a Christian vision and values. And it also means, which is wonderful, that I'm reasonably free to talk about my faith. Um, doesn't mean loads else, but it means a little bit. And uh, because of my role, I do have my own office at school. And here's a picture of my office. It's not that tidy. Sorry, everyone. Um, But in my office, there are lots of things that remind me of times when God has been at work on my front line and remind me of some times when I've stepped out in courage. Sometimes only in small ways, but steps of courage nonetheless. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you some stories based on some items in my office that I see every day. And you'll notice some of them reflect some of the other C's that we've done in this series so far, some of the other titles. Um, But before I start, I'd like to say I I, I don't think I'm amazing at this. I'm not an evangelist. I haven't got stories about leading hundreds of people to Christ. But I do try to live faithfully for God on my front line, trying to balance the calling he's placed on my life with the requirements of my job, and also trying to remember that however challenging my job is, the people in front of me, staff or students, really need God. So persevering is worth it. The first thing I'm going to tell you about is this little red box on my top shelf there, uh, inside of which is this little nativity set. Um, And it's not the set I'd like to tell you about particularly, but how I came about owning it. So when I first started at my school that I work at, I was a trainee teacher. It was quite scary being a trainee teacher. There's a lot to learn and you have to absorb a lot quite quickly. I'd already worked in another school the previous year as a learning support assistant, and I'd had some not great experiences when I tried to share my faith. And I also hadn't known any other Christians in that school. Uh, But early on in my placement at my current school, I saw on the, like, staff bulletin that there was a staff prayer group one morning before school. And it might sound silly, but I was really scared about going. Uh, I didn't know who would be there, and I didn't know if they would, like, let me go because I wasn't really a staff member. Um, But I decided that I was going to go, and I took that moment, you know, where you have to walk into a room. You're not really sure about it, but I walked into the room. And as I walked in, actually, I was welcomed by name. And I started to meet a small group of other staff who were also Christians. It wasn't like a huge number of people, but it was a a fantastic community of people. And being together with other Christians at work gave me so much more courage and confidence um, at work in sharing uh, opportunities. It led to opportunities to pray for people. Uh, It led for opportunities to speak in assemblies and even to speak in our termly church services that we do at school. 
And one of the staff members in our group left not that long ago. And when she left, she gave me this nativity set to get out at Christmas time. And it does come out every Christmas and get displayed. But actually, it's in my office all the time, the little red box. And it reminds me that the help of being in a community of believers can be. And really, meeting other Christians in your workplace is quite a courageous step. It kind of feels like not a massive thing, but it might require you to tell people about your faith before you know if anyone shares it. Maybe you're going to step out in faith and say, I'm going to be here at this time praying. Would anybody like to join me before you know if anyone will join you? But for some of you on your front line, that might be the right thing for you. So that's my first little story. My second story is about this little piece of paper pinned on my shelf there. And uh, a more zoomed in version is, is here, which is our uh, school vision. And uh, what I'm going to talk about relates to our school vision. But I'm going to start by reading a little story from the Bible that I'm going to use to, to help us as well. It's from Daniel 3, um, Daniel 3, verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this passage, they display an amazing example of courage here by standing up to the king. And although I don't know all of your frontline context, I imagine not many of us will have to stand up to the government as part of our daily frontline. But actually, this uh, example of standing up for what you believe in may be something that applies to you. It might be standing up for somebody that you feel is being treated unfairly or saying no to a policy that you don't think represents what your frontline is about. Maybe it's refusing to be involved in a gossipy conversation at the school gates, or perhaps you're standing up for something in the way that you spend your money when you're out and about. We may not be at risk of being thrown into a, bla a blazing furnace, but standing up for what we believe in can still feel like a pretty big deal. You've seen that we have a school vision and values, and um, I'm going to just talk a little bit about that and about an example from that. Um, this document from 1994 believe it or not, is still current government guidance on collective worship in schools. And it says that all maintained schools should have a daily act of collective worship, which is broadly Christian in character. And Church of England schools like mine, we follow the Church of England guidance as well, which says worship, collective worship should be inclusive, invitational and inspiring. Um, and in the last two years, I've been doing an internship on the senior leadership team at my school. And within that role, it's been a surprise to me the number of times that I have had to stand up for uh, this right to access collective worship. There is a general agreement in my school that our Christian vision and values are a good thing. Uh, they're good for our school. They help create a family feel. They help create a good atmosphere. 
But what is sometimes difficult to get consensus on is that our collective worship or our assemblies, our gathered times together, should be worshipful and not just a gathering of lots of students in which we deliver information or instructions or sometimes tell people off. Keeping our worship time sacred or special is something which is really important to me because I recognize how lucky we are to have this opportunity to show our young people a little bit about the Christian faith. And also because I recognize that pausing in our day, having a bit of sacred and special time can be really significant for our young people in their lives as well. I don't know if in my lifetime this government guidance will stay in place, but while it does, and I'm working in a faith school, I intend to stand up for what we offer in terms of collective worship. And sometimes that is quite scary um, when I started this internship, I really wanted my senior colleagues to take me seriously, not to think uh, that I'm just obsessed with church and that that's all I talk about. I want them to think that I'm a professional and not just that whenever this comes up, I'm the one who talks about it. This has taken a few different forms for me. Um, so I'm part of a small group of colleagues who have designed our collective worship around some different themes. So our students get to explore some different parts of Christianity. So for example, it's an all-girls school. This year we're doing women in the Bible as our theme. Um, but sometimes other colleagues want to ditch those themes because they have a really important assembly that they want to do. So they don't want to do a theme. They just say, I need to talk about children misbehaving in the toilets. And that's what my assembly is going to be about. And I see part of my role as gently trying to guide people back to our themes and explaining that you can deliver most messages, most instructions or telling off uh, as you need to from the perspective of our vision. And that actually might help you to do it in a gentler and kinder way. A different example is that in my school this year, we've just opened a brand new prayer space, which is amazing. Um, it's not been open for very long and already we've been asked, can somebody use it as an office space? <laughs> um, classic. Uh, but I've been really encouraged because when that was asked, it wasn't just me that stood up for that space as something special, but actually some of my other colleagues who don't have a faith felt the impact that having a sacred space like that has for students. So as difficult as it may be, I want to encourage you to stand up for what you know is right. And as I said, the example from the passage, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, is a quite a dramatic example. Uh, but you might be standing up for something in your own small way uh, in your front line. Okay, back to my office. Uh, a couple more stories I'm going to tell you. This is uh, the bunting that I have up on my shelf. And my tutor group bought me this bunting when they left year 11 a couple of years ago, after they'd had me as their form tutor for all five years at secondary school. It looks like this. It has their names at the top, and then it also has a verse um, from the Bible on it, from Psalms, which reads, you have put more joy in my heart. I wouldn't recommend it going and investigating that verse, because it doesn't quite read like that, but it was a very sweet sentiment <laughs> that they put it on there for me. Um, and when I was their tutor, I tried to take every opportunity possible to be open about my faith. So right from year seven, I told them that I was a Christian. Uh, I tried to listen to their opinions and answer their questions about that. I read them parts of the Bible where that fitted in with what we were doing. I tried to give them a lot of opportunities to be reflective um, and, and also to direct them to where they could find out more if they had questions. I have honestly no idea whether that will have had any impact on their lives or whether any of them will go on to find out more about who Jesus is or find their own faith in him. But the bunting and also the comments that came in the card uh, with the bunting that they gave me showed me that they did appreciate my openness and my honesty. And I'm reminded when I see that on my shelf each day to pray for those individuals that they would come to know God themselves. 
I look back on this time, I'm not a tutor at the moment, so I look back on when I was and I, I think about my kind of everyday courage. Sometimes when we do a series like this, and also with the, with the readings as well that have gone with it, I don't know about you, but I can feel a little bit down about my own frontline actions. You like get different people come up each Sunday and tell you these great stories. Uh, maybe a conversation that they've had on their front line. And sometimes my own context can seem like a little bit inadequate or I can feel like maybe I'm not really doing enough. But what this bunting reminds me is that it was just a little bit of daily courage, a little bit of stepping out each day um, to share a bit of what my faith means. I never had any amazing conversations. Uh, I never had any miraculous moments. But I just faithfully told these young people of the difference that Jesus makes to my life. And at the end of five years, I found that the students noticed that. They appreciated that. And this links with um, one of our other uh, words that we've had, which is consistency. And maybe your courageous step of faith is to just be a bit more consistent in your faith at work. That might not be talking about your faith all the time, but thinking about your actions, the way that you speak, the way that you speak about other people. Is that consistent and in line with your faith? So that could be a, a courageous step for you today. Okay, my last story, my last item, is this little yellow flag uh, in my office there. And a couple of years ago, our wellbeing lead asked me if I would create a prayer space on our staff wellbeing day, because we all know the way to have good wellbeing is to have a day. That helps everyone. <laughs> um, anyway, it was great to be asked, and I was happy to do it. And um, in the prayer space were various things, but one of the things was this activity that I felt would be a really good thing to do, but I wasn't sure about how practical it would be. And in the activity, I wrote everybody's name on the top of a piece of card. There's like 120 people that work at our school, so it's a lot of names. Uh, this is obviously my one. And um, I was quite worried about how it would go, because I thought a few things could happen. One is nobody will come and then there'll just be a lot of empty cards. Uh, and another thing is that nobody will know each other well enough to write anything meaningful on each other's cards. But anyway, uh, I wrote these cards out, and the idea was that people would come into the prayer space and write some encouragements for each other. Okay, just something little, anything that they could um, use to encourage each other. And as I said, I wasn't sure how this would go, but actually the staff loved it. And people kept coming back throughout the day, which was great. And the classroom we set up, uh, to be our prayer space, people came to do that and then they stayed, which was amazing. And some people even stayed to pray or to just have some quiet time, which was, which was really encouraging. And again, it's not really a dramatic story. Nothing amazing happened. Um, but I think it does link to one of our other C's from this series, which is compassion. Because the reason that I did this activity, rather than just making a nice space with some fairy lights, um, is because our school had gone through a difficult time. We all had at that point. We were just coming out of COVID, and we were dealing with quite a lot of extra workload of things that we had to do because of COVID as a result of that. And I wanted to do something that would help recognize people's individual contribution to our school community. And um, that's quite hard to do when there's a lot of people in your workplace to, to meet people's needs as individuals. So we did this little card activity. And um, I think it did really encourage people, which is a real blessing. And also it's quite exciting because when I go and see this card in other people's offices around the school, other people's classrooms, um, it blesses me to know that it has encouraged them. So my final kind of challenge is maybe how can compassion help you serve those around you and those on your front line? So a little summary, what helps us to be courageous and get the confidence to step out? 
Well, I think community can help us to be more courageous and maybe finding a community or encouraging a community of believers in your front line could be something for you to think about. Courage might mean standing up for something unpopular or standing up for what you believe is right or also standing against something you believe is wrong. It might be trying to be more consistent in your words and in your actions. And also sometimes our compassion can help us to step out in courage. But even with all of those things, <laughs> courage is really scary. That is what the word means. It means doing something that you feel scared about. And you probably won't feel courageous when you do those things. You might just feel a bit worried or nervous. And it might not feel like you've done something amazing. But God does move when we allow ourselves to be used. And hopefully you've seen a little bit of that in my stories from today, um, from my front line. So I want to encourage you that when we take small steps of faith, God uses them in powerful ways. Um, I'd love to pray for us before the band come up uh, just and reflect on some of those things. Father God, we thank you um, for the challenge that this series has been about finding confidence on our front line. And um, I know many of us long to be more confident and more courageous on our front lines. And we thank you for this word today, courage. And I pray that you would just be stirring in us how it is that you want us to step out, how it is that you want us to find our courage and do something a bit scary. Is it about community and finding strength um, from others? Is it something that we need to stand up for in our front line or stand against? Is it something that we need to be more consistent in, in the way we act or speak to others? Or is there a move of compassion that you want us to kind of do on our, on our front line? I pray, Lord, that something today will stick with us, something will be helpful for us in our own context. Amen. <laughs>